Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. Hey, it's another day. We woke up, Todd, so we have to do another episode. We did, yeah. I don't think I've been awake and it's been all day almost. Well, it's your daily scrum with professional scrum trainers, Ryan Ripley and Todd Miller. We get together each and every day to help you use your scrum knowledge and toolkit a little bit better each and every day. Like and subscribe. We are at 8,900 subscribers, Todd. We are a mere 1,100 subs, which basically will happen like next month. Uh, we are 1,100 subs away from having to put up a merch store. Uh, I don't know if we're ready. <laughs> we'll have to see. Um, we're so like testing out some new, uh, some new polos so we can start that as a test. Yeah, we have some coming. We should have them in two weeks. So like and subscribe, share the channel with your friends, post it on social media. Let's get to that 10,000. Let's go. Let's make Todd and Ryan do some work. Uh, let's make us do some work. Why am I talking to the third person? Uh, so like and subscribe, share the shows, share the episodes, post them on social media, leave your questions and comments below. Your questions and comments turn into future videos. It's like a time machine, only different. Mm -hmm. Right, Todd, today's question. We get this a lot. This comes in on almost all of our social media platforms. We've been asked during book sign, all, all this stuff. It comes in everywhere mm -hmm. in classes. Why don't you guys talk about scaling Scrum? Todd, why don't we talk about scaling Scrum? Am I should blunt Todd today? Blunt Todd, Be bring it Be high heat. Because, because in most cases, it's completely unnecessary. Hot take Todd. Yeah, in most cases that we're talking about scaling Scrum, it's really... There, there's problems other places that should be fixed before you try to scale anything. And so, so in most instances that I have seen, and you and I see a lot of stuff, we see a lot of organizations, in most instances, that scaling Scrum is not going to solve your problems. Yeah, I, I mean, you, I would say it's highly inappropriate. Mm. So I'll even take your language a little further. It's it's highly inappropriate. And most, in 99% of the, the scenarios that we see to scale what's happening on that team or in that organization. Most of the time they have not removed their organizational impediments. Most of the time their architecture is garbage. Their applications are monolithic. Just things are not in great shape. And when you scale things that are not, if you scale prematurely, you're scaling things that aren't set correctly yet. So you're scaling mediocre or bad practices. 
Mm-hmm. And so why would you do that? Why would you bring that kind of stuff to scale when you should be investing in growing agility, fixing architectures, creating more modular type applications that multiple teams can work on? And when you've done that, the scaling framework is your friend, not your enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know how I feel about the architecture piece that I I would rather have companies spend the time and money on fixing what's causing them to scale, right? There's reasons why they're scaling. Um, And, 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 uh, and I feel pretty strongly that in most instances that they're scaling because they can't release products independently. Whereas I think Rich Hundhausen, who's a good buddy of ours, um, stuck up for me on Twitter one time and said, uh, you know, it's a shame when companies define their products by their architecture. And I think that's why they scale, right, um, is because of that. So, yeah. um, I, I, you know, I, I think if you do need to scale, if you have multiple teams working on the same product, you do it as lean as possible, right? Um, but uh, in most instances, you don't need to. Yeah. And and it's, I mean, it's an interesting question and we get it. And you want, sometimes scaling is going to happen whether you like it or not. Uh, clearly Todd and I feel that organizational impediment should be cleared. Architecture should be improved. If you have $10 million and, and you asked us, should we go to the big box consultancy and punch a bunch of agile coaches in and try to do a transformation? Or should you go to an app dev type shop, you know, that, that are, you know, available across the country and have your architecture and your applications fine-tuned and some of the impediments to delivery work through by developers, which would we put the money in? It would be developers and fixing your architecture and application 10 out of 10 times. Because mm-hmm. then the, the Scrum implementation doesn't have all the roadblocks that we typically run into. And you're starting to work in a more modular way anyways, because you've learned how to that tech stack. And, and so we just have a different philosophy on this. We don't think agile transformations lead. We think great, we think technical excellence leads, and then you bring in the practices and the frameworks and the tool sets. And, and, well, and you know, I think it's, I think it's worth mentioning too, that, you know, no matter how robust and explicit a picture on a piece of paper is that tells you exactly what you need to do, it's not going yeah. to work. There are not cookie cutter solutions for how you scale for how to product Nirvana. There's not any elaborate path with all kinds of things and different levels that's going to tell you how to do it, right? Um, uh, uh, You really need to figure it out on your own in the context of the situation that you work. Anything else that you're trying to do other than that is probably buying a lemon. Well, and it it just, if you look at the offerings out there, you know, you're kind of alluding to safe Mm -hmm. and safe is everything in the kitchen sink. And so it takes very expensive consultants to help you pick and customize. And, and in the meantime, you could have fixed your architecture, you know, and there's good scaling frameworks out there. I think, um, Larman and Bodhi have done great work with, oh, yeah. uh, with less. There's some really great ideas. Check out their stuff. They right. Really I, I think uh, scrum.org has a really interesting idea in the Nexus in, in SPS. Yeah. Minimal um, sufficient. Yeah. yeah. And it's still scrum and it's, it, it's a great setup, but you're not ready for it. You're not there yet. Architecture and technical excellence. I would rather you implement XP first and then scale your scrum. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's the hot take. You're not ready. You shouldn't be doing it. And uh, and when when the industry finally moves forward and embraces technical excellence, then we'll start talking about scaling Scrum. Yeah, right on. End screen time. So End if we've just time. majorly upset you, 
leave some comments. Todd, how should they go about liking and subscribing? I think it'd be a good idea today to grab a pen and just a sticky note, draw something really quick, right? As the late Bob Ross said, we don't make mistakes, just happy little accidents. <laughs> After you make your happy little accident with your drawing, grab that mouse and click on like and subscribe. Perfect. Few more likes and subscribes, and we're making a merch <laughs> shop. So get it done. Draw you, Bob Ross yourself a nice little post it and hit that like and subscribe. Check out the socials, a lot of cool stuff out there. Our Scrum 101 free Scrum work class, the, the course that we think will help you get your PSM1, your professional Scrum Master Level 1 cert. Take it, it's free. Click on, click on that on the left. On the right is one of our newer videos. The algorithm thinks you'll like. We do too. For Todd Miller, I'm Ryan Ripley. Go forward, do some great Scrum things, but don't scale yet. You're not ready, but when you are, It'll be great. Till then, we'll see you tomorrow. Tip. Hey, it's Ryan. If you're enjoying this show and want to take a deeper dive into Scrum with me and Todd, check out agileforhumans.com forward slash training. Be sure to also look at the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter, get a copy of our book, Fixing Your Scrum, and learn more about working with us at Agile for Humans. Thanks for listening and Scrum on. <laughs>